Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Ben Wiggins, and I'm here with the star of the show, Dr. Michael Seitz from Blue Sky Global, of many other business successes, but I'll let you uh, I'll let you bring yourself in. Dr. Seitz, how are you doing today? Good. I'm doing well. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be speaking with you again. We've had many of these conversations and uh, each one each one better than the last. Um, Great to be here. <laughs> but tell our, tell our listeners a little bit about what they can expect from today's conversation. It's a topic that I've enjoyed thinking about and um, thought it would be good to just have a discussion, see what ideas are out there, see if we can um, bring in some new thought. Mm -hmm. It's a very important topic to me. Um, as we've discussed before, my general approach to topics is not to over-research them, but to kind of think about them from my perspective. Mm -hmm. And then once I've formulated a view, then to go out and, you know, see what other people are thinking, read a bit, yeah. and see, uh, you know, what comes out of all those thoughts kind of put together. And if there's something to learn or you know, to have some fun. Yes. And so today we're getting your thoughts on artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence scares me. I think um, there are some serious problems ahead. Yes. And one, one of the biggest risks, from what I understand of your philosophy on this, is the, is the risk of narrow AI implementations. Can you describe for the audience a little bit more about what you mean by that and where your concerns are? The fearful that that is often portrayed by the media, you know, movies and stuff like that, is for an AI that's centralized, very powerful, you know, controls us, the matrix. Skynet. Exactly. And um, while I think that's possible down the road, uh, even probable, it's really not what scares me at all because I think long, long before we get there, we're in trouble. And that's because of the focused um, micro, uh, partially disconnected AIs that are being developed. Mm -hmm. um, they scare me the most because they will, I think, have the biggest influence. And I'm using the word influence very specifically. Um, on our lives and um, societies, I think I'm going to use a time frame of 20 years. I think in 20 years, um, people are going to be redundant. Mm. Um, there needs to be thought given, because we're not going to stop AI, thought given to what happens when people just aren't necessary anymore. Mm. They're not very good at anything anymore because there is a system that will do it a thousand times better than they will. Hmm. Faster, never gets tired, yeah. has no emotion, has no opinion. So what do we all do? Right. Well, the, so the irony of this so far is you could argue that we're, to some degree, existing in this world already. And as, um, as we proceeded forward from, say, 1990... Mm -hmm. to today or even if you want to take it all the way back to you know 1970 or you know 1950 uh on through to today we're we're, we're kind of arriving already and but the the outcome has been has been very different from what i would have expected because there are some jobs that are already being replaced 
by machines, you know, like um, assembly line. There's, there's right. Those are the dumb machines. A hundred, hundred thousand jobs that are now being done by machines. Mm -hmm. um, but the need for people to handle things like real innovation and customer service and human interaction um, and storytelling. That the we we need those more than ever, and the premium that you get from having a person do that versus having a machine do that is is still significant today. But I think it's going to go away so quickly. Okay, okay. So what where where do you think what what do you think is going to be the next domino to fall? Okay, so I'm not really viewing it that way. I'm rather seeing it as a a very very slow growth. Okay. It's almost like the grass growing. You know, if you really stare at your grass, you don't see anything happening. Yeah. But you come back a week later, a month later, and everything's changed, changed, changed. Yeah. And we're living day by day. So there are milestones that are reached. And I'm really not at all interested in the milestones when they occur. It's just the steady development of systems naturally developing to be better and better. And I'm going to use an analogy. I think we're... We're like the iPhone one stage right now. Okay. It's conceptually in front of us. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't really know, but I think the first iPhone one, when Steve Jobs announced it, you know, in that first year, they probably sold, I don't know, six million, a million in the first day. Okay. So relative to where it is today, today, you know, smartphones, 90% of people own smartphones, mm. right? But that all got initiated with the launch of the iPhone right. one. Yeah. So I think we're right at the beginning. Uh, like iPhone 1 was with a smartphone, where the proof of concept is in place and people, the public, can touch it. Um, just recently, there was this chatbot. Yeah, chat GPT. Look at the adoption. A million people or whatever, first week. Mm -hmm. Boy, does that sound... It, I think it's coincidentally like the iPhone 1, you know, number-wise. But that's exactly what I see. So to your point, I think... It's already been shown that machines can be taught. They can be basically programmed in the beginning, but then they can even teach themselves how to be empathic. Mm. That doesn't mean the machine feels empathic. It can just express itself in an empathic way where you could find yourself having a conversation which is extremely pleasant mm -hmm. with a machine because it seems knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. It seems to be kind. It seems to care. Um, it engages intelligently. The machine gauges, you know, it, it doesn't come across as a know-it-all even. Right. It can ask you questions. Um, and it can progressively get to know you because the algorithms are now designed to get to know stuff. Mm -hmm. So so imagine you meet somebody new. That's when you first meet that person, you don't know anything about them. Mm -hmm. But you speak the same language potentially. You start talking, you find topics that you enjoy, and you start engaging. And the experiments that they've done, um, say, with a machine therapist mm -hmm. and a real person, the, the feedback, even with these relatively, they're not primitive, but they're relatively primitive models, is people feel okay talking to the machine. Mm. They feel safe. Rapport can build. Right. We can actually build rapport with a machine. And and the movies have kind of, you know, films have captured this idea. And you find yourself watching a movie and getting engaged with a character that may be a cartoon character. But you can still feel 
while watching a cartoon character. Yeah, no question. Absolutely. So we have this total capacity to, um, you know, have a relationship, fall in love, care. What happens to the machine or what happens to the cartoon character? We we lose the perspective that it's, you know, it's it's not real. Right. Well, <laughs> and then you, n- next, I guess the next question for for me is, I feel like so. I guess the economic argument at this point is employment is not at all time highs, but we're doing very well in terms of employment. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll see what the Fed has to say about that next year. But uh, but at this moment, employment is very good. Um, And rather than um, and we've had significant economic growth over the last 10 to even 20 years, depending on how you think about the financial crisis. At this moment, as as the jobs that machines are being asked to do becomes more and more comprehensive, the value for the jobs that still have to be done by people um, seems to rise higher and higher. And so at this moment, I don't see, and maybe it's coming, you know, totally open to the possibility, but it doesn't seem like humans are being muscled out of the job market by machines at all. No, um, you're right. And, and so, but if that were to become the case where there were to be a person, um, you know, we can give this person a name, uh, but uh, we say we have, we have Jack and Jill uh, and, uh, and Jack and Jill are, they they can't do anything if they can't do anything that a machine can't do better um do they still my guess is where we go then is we create legislation to either keep jack and jill employed anyway or we create legislation to make sure that their that their needs are met regardless of their uh, relative value in the workforce. I think that's where we end up. So this is why I'm so afraid of this because okay. the the development of these I'm going to call them microsystems, right? AI that deals with very specific topics. It's not going to feel invasive. It's going to feel like a godsend, mm-hmm. right? Where the so, frog Exactly. Okay. So it's the frog in warm, you know. And the reason it's going to be this way is because the development of AI is to solve problems that are important to society. Okay. Yeah. Finding a cure for cancer. Sure. Making airline flights safer, driving cars, all sorts of these micro things, right? Controlling temperature. Showing me the photos that I want to see on Instagram. Exactly. The memes that I really want to see. Exactly. So... It's not going to feel like anything's wrong at all, right? So you're hungry, somebody brings you a meal, and every time you go to the restaurant, the meals get better. You're not going to start legislation to say, this has to stop, the restaurant has to stop. Okay. <laughs> food is too good these days. People. Exactly. The problem is when the food gets too good, mm. then the other restaurants that are not getting any bigger, they become, eh, and okay. suddenly okay. you start moving towards what's better. Mm-hmm. And AI that's being developed in certain functions will be better. So let's imagine you phone up um, a company because you've got a billing problem on your on your cell phone. Sure. And you get put on hold and the person you speak to 
gets upset with you and can't find this and there's a long hold time. Mm. Then you change to another service provider. They answer the phone right away. Mm. They ask the question in a very nice way. They get mm. to the root of the problem. They, uh, they seem to know your name. They recognize you. It's just hassle-free, but it's a machine. Right now, when you phone an automated machine, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. But say in 10 years' time, it's not horrible. Remember, we're not, I'm not talking about in a year or two. I'm right. talking about down the road. Sure, 10, 20 if, years. If you go to McDonald's and the fries are cold, or this is wrong, or that's wrong, you, and you go to the drive-up, which is machine-driven, and it's going to be perfect every time. Hmm. Perfect being relative, right? What, what would you choose? It's, you wouldn't really think, oh, I'm putting somebody out of a job, because you're not feeling that. You're just mm-hmm. feeling... Goodness me, I got a better result. Yeah. And without thinking about I got a better result because it was a machine, you will just naturally gravitate towards that. And legislation normally follows disaster. True. And I'm saying with the advent of micro, in other words, to do things well, if there are no disasters, there's nothing to legislate. Nobody's going to say, well, this machine found a cure cure for this disease way too quick. We're going to legislate. No. <laughs> no one's complaining. Because the labs, you know, the lab staff are unemployed. Right. Or if, if somebody does research and finds out that aircraft that are flown with one pilot and, a, you know, that's basically permanently on autopilot yeah. has zero incidents, customer responses, much better flights versus two, two pilots up front on normal flying, bumpy, you know, bad landing, blah, blah. After a while, people will just become comfortable with it mm-hmm. and will be adopted. And then there's the economic motivation. Right. You know from businesses that, and we were actually discussing earlier, um, the difficulty with scaling a business or running a business stably is people. Of course, you get annoyed when your internet goes down. So obviously, the machine has to run for you to run your business. But people are hard because... They can get upset. They may discover somebody else is earning more than they do. They get really upset. Uh, They could steal. They could be tired. They could get sick. All sorts of things happen with people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And ultimately, for your company to to compete, um, you can't really close your eyes to the fact that the competition may have people that are not people. In other words... They get the widgets made, they get the job done um, almost without cost. Mm -hmm. This is the scary thing. You've got a big investment up front, just like with with automation, just, you know, dumb dumb AI. Mm -hmm. No, it's not AI. Dumb computers, dumb machines. Um, Once they can do the job, it's very hard to go back to people. Yeah. Now, um, I'm not saying 100% machines. But let's say just 80% of jobs. Okay. So pharmacies. Let's let's take a pharmacist. That's about, what, a 13-year study program? I think so. Yeah. Something of that order. Um, it's quite conceivable that the, um, the pharmacy is going to always be an automated uh, AI-type system where mm-hmm. the doctor will dial in, give symptoms, and instead of remembering, you know, what the last rep showed, what the best antibiotic were, they could profile the person, their allergies, everything automatic. And the dispensary could simply be a machine that, in a very hygienic way, perfectly counts out pills, does refills, does billing seamlessly. Mm-hmm. 
and you just go to the drive-through, pick up your pill, or Amazon drops it off. You don't even have to leave. No. Yeah. Why would why would something like a pharmacist ever be necessary for eight out of ten cases? The two out of ten, sure. But what happens to those eight? That's what scares me. Mm. What happens to the eight people that are not your best, but they're good, right? Because the machine can do it kindly, well, without drama, effortlessly, 24 hours, seven days a week. Yeah. No emotions, no bias. That's scary. All right. So And we want it. Think about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Why, who wouldn't want a, a pharmacy right. that makes as, no errors? As, as consumers, we're strictly winners. Um, Absolutely. And so, so then the argument is, so the, the argument is, there, there's kind of two problems. One is... Where are, uh, how do we, how do we adjudicate jobs for, if people can change industry, then they will change industry. Um, but if, what about someone who can't? What about someone who's not one of your best? Well, two well you've opened, and I'm going to interrupt you, because you, you've opened up the critical thing. Yeah. So, because I've had a, I'm having a big debate with a guy who actually lives in, in, in Prague. He okay. studied under Stephen Hawkins. He's really a smart mathematician. Yeah. And he says, oh, you know, when, when automation came in, people went into the service industry. Mm. So they just transitioned jobs. Yeah. I said to him, well, I like that idea, but I don't know what they're going to transition into. What, okay. gaming at home? Uh, so <laughs> Are we just going to? So there, it was visible. The next step after automation took place, which was a slow transition, right? Because robots and things were quite hard to make. Mm -hmm. programming self-learning you know the whole thing with ai it's it's on a fast pace right we're talking i think 20 years yeah i'm having imagination failure but what are we going to do if my number is right that 80 mm -hmm. percent of the people in 20 years time are going to be irrelevant mm -hmm. redundant not as good as a machine just a pain to have around mm -hmm. right then you know most lobbies don't have a greeter anymore. True. It doesn't mean all lobbies are without greeters, but 80% of companies don't have a greeter. You know, a lady sitting at the front desk. Mm -hmm. Not 100%. I never want to go the 100%. Right. So what are the people who were pharmacists, lawyers, accountants, airline pilots, uh, script proofreaders, editors, um, what are they going to do? Well, my, so then my question is, if let's, let's assume for a moment that let's, let's walk your scenario all the way through yes. and Sorry assume, to interrupt you. no, 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 you're no, the, the, this is, this is, this is good stuff. So let's walk it all the way through and assume that we get to a point where there's nothing for them to do. Um, there, my, my argument is that eventually what happens is we, that if the, if someone can't find a job, we the, we use the same system that we do now, which is those people um, will up until such a time as they can find a job, which maybe never, um, but they can they can they can get enough money from the government to survive. Okay, so I am, and I'm I'm glad you raised it. I have no concern about whether people will be okay physically. In other okay. words, food, good housing. In fact, I have the opposite concern. I think mm. 
when machines start doing virtually 80% of all work, yeah. stuff is going to get super cheap. I mean, imagine 50 years ago trying to build an electronic circuit like we have on an iPhone or, 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 or an Android phone, whatever. Unthinkable. I mean, a machine builds them, they build them by the, by the billions, right? right? Hundreds of millions. Yeah, yeah. Um, because machines do it fast. Whereas, um, you know, doing it by hand. So I think the cost of goods um, will come down. The systems will make things very efficient, mm. smaller. Uh, energy consumption will drop. The use of materials will improve radically. So I think we're going to be phenomenally comfortable. Mm. That is why there will be no legislation mm. protecting us from this gentle, slippery slope to being idle and redundant. Mm. So if you are just happy, you get wonderful meals, mm -hmm. low cost, governments by you have to work. It's it's almost the the, the Star Trek scenario yeah. where yeah, yeah. you know you walk up to a replicator. And I'm not saying it's a replicator, but let's just use what is what keeps these folks amused, right? We know the captain on, you know, on the Enterprise is going out into space. Right. What are all the other people doing that don't go out on Enterprise ships? Are we going to all become explorers? Well, 80% of people, you know, they're just not motivated that way. Mm -hmm. So now you've got a lot of people who don't need anything. They've got their food, they've got their housing, um, and they get up, they look at TikTok-like apps, right? Mm -hmm. They're texting each other and they're gaming. Maybe our society will devolve where people don't need to leave their homes. Um, they get on their phones right away. They're amused. They're entertained from morning to night. Because mm -hmm. they've got no job and they don't really need one. That's early retirement. Okay. You're kind of instantly retired. And everything's being fed to you with phenomenal quality. Your health is good. And things seem remarkably stable. So we start living in this in this world where we have optimized everything. Mm -hmm. And machines are optimizing. They're not controlling us. They're just providing. Yeah, we did it to ourselves. Yes, and these are servants. Okay. I have no fear that the servants are going to gang up on us. They may, but that to me is not the danger of AI. Or that it, you know, that it that it has self-actualization properties or that it's sentient. None of that. No, no, no. It's about that we are going to become idle, that um, people, the devil might find work for idle hands. You know, that's the old expression <laughs> right. there. Yeah. Um, maybe people will, you know, start getting mildly addicted permanently in their lives. They're just permanently on a slight high because it's cheap easy, controlled, mm -hmm. um, so that you're just quiet. You just don't really have energy for anything. Mm. You just kind of exist. Right. Because what are you going to do when you don't exist? Right. Then... That sounded weird. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with, I'm with you. <laughs> then the challenge is, what is the problem? There's sort of two scenarios. One is that in the open architecture of the world, whatever you want to call the world, whether it's Earth, whether it's the solar system, you know, local group of solar systems, the galaxy, whatever you want it to be, what is the problem that, that the machine can't yet solve? 
And if there is a problem the machine can't yet solve, then that's where, that's where the human value gravitates. If there isn't a problem the machine can't solve, and we've truly beaten the game, so to speak, then, and I'm, I mean, all of the problems, like starvation, you know, yeah, illiteracy. I um, exactly. So Ben, I would I would argue that only twenty percent, maybe only ten percent of people care about that stuff. Mm, okay. And those are the folks that I say will be fine. Mm -hmm. We'll be thriving, having the time. They're the crew of the Starship Enterprise, right? Yeah. Just having people like you, who always like, want a problem to solve. Right. So, but the vast majority of people um, don't really care you know what lies beyond the milky way because it's who cares right am i going there no well might be interesting for a short while but it's certainly not going to drive them motivate them to do big things mm -hmm. okay so if you look at the number of people who really care about the fringes of development that doesn't influence their life of course people are interested in the next iphone right. sure but i'm talking about getting into stuff that is um you know the web telescope could could fathom and blah 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 i think you'd be so well not you personally but i think we'd be surprised if we went out into the streets and said uh you know and interviewed most people you know shopping having a regular life whether they can tell you what the latest web telescope picture looked like and what it showed and what it meant and what they thought about it you know mm -hmm. they just wouldn't know does that make them bad or, or ignorant or stupid? Not at all. It's just not relevant to them. They just don't care. Mm -hmm. They care about other stuff. Like, why is this dress not on sale this week? <laughs> and those are very relevant. You know, it's it's so I think that the AI is going to focus because it makes money. It's going to be driven by economic benefit. Yes, that I agree with for sure. It's going to be driven by making life better. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing to legislate. You're not going to say, we're not allowed to get better. We're not allowed to get more efficient. We can't do this. We can't do that. We yeah. can't invent the next drug. We can't. Nobody's going to legislate that away. So that's got a natural, we need it. We need to grow better foods. Let's get a machine to help us. Let's get it to plant, get it to market, get it fresher. We're not going to legislate against that. Well, you do all that and there are people focused at these micro tasks. Like maybe there's a small core group of engineers working on how to get apples off apple trees and get them to market fresh mm -hmm. in faraway countries where fruit is a problem. Okay. No, 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 we're going to legislate against that. No, we're not. We're going to say, absolutely. So suddenly that gets done and then somebody goes, wow, why don't I take that technology and just put it into regular apple farming? Mm -hmm. And before you know it, all these systems, like chicken farms, right? They just, there aren't that many people working in chicken farms suddenly the system gets optimized. Now, will there be people who become aware this is a bad thing, jobs are being, of course, but they're going to be again the minority because the majority want the benefit of that because it's not hurting anybody really. Mm -hmm. The only thing that's going to be hurt is that we're going to move from a society of gratitude and appreciation to one of entitlement. Mm. Think about your cell phone. If you lose your, your cell phone connection, you go, ah, I hate this service. I'm forever losing reception. At the, right. Suddenly, it's, there's a sense of entitlement that yeah. I pay for this and I should at least have minimum signal here. This is ridiculous. I'm, in fact, going to look at a new service, right? right? Yeah. 
So that's an entitlement rather than a sense of, wow, when I do have signal, what an incredible thing it is. Like when last did you think when you lost signal that you had gratitude for when you do have signal? Oh, man. Uh, I can't remember that day for myself. No. You see how we flip from gratitude and, and a wow feeling of, I can use a cell phone, there's no cord attached to. Oh, this damn thing is so slow. Right. Yeah. And that's what I'm worried about is that our entire society is going to become one of entitlement. Right. And then sloth, you know, one of the seven deadly sins, yeah. sloth. Yeah, absolutely. Will take over. Then it seems like <laughs> what, I think what the scenario you're painting here is one where we, we, we're not entering the matrix exactly, but it's, it's a, the matrix is, is bad because the conceit of the, of the story, the matrix is that it's, it's bad because it's not real and it's this form of dishonesty, right? And what you're talking about is a scenario, I think, where we enter something that is not the matrix, but it's this sort of curated reality, I guess. No, yes and no. I think the curated reality, the gaming, what we consider as normal, mm -hmm. will be part of that entitlement, the laziness, everything, right? If you're born and you have servants and there's always food on the table and everything's fabulous and mm -hmm. you get driven everywhere and you your bed gets made for you, when that gets taken away, mm -hmm. You get angry, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. While you have that, there is a sense that this is normal. And so we're just going to feel that it's normal. We feel so many things are normal these days. Mm -hmm. If you turn your lights on in the morning, it's normal, right? Mm -hmm. you open the tap, yeah, that's what water runs out. walked in here. Exactly. That feels normal. The minute that doesn't work, it's abnormal. Get on the phone. Somebody needs to sort this out, right? Right. So AI will start making all this stuff, doing all these things, that you won't even be aware. You won't be aware that these services that are being provided to you are being done by machines. So what's wrong with that? That's great. Let the machine do it better and better. But it's influencing our society. As a society, we're starting to, or, well, we already do, we th see things as normal. Flying planes. This is... 100, 200 years ago, this didn't exist. Right? Flying on a plane was... Now, if your flight is delayed or canceled, it's like you go on TV, right? Because it's so awful and everything. And it is. I'm not saying it's not... It's, it's a miserable experience. But things very quickly become normal and then we can't go back. Like Nobody's going to go back to the horse and cart. Mm, true. It's gone. Agree with that. So I say in 20 years' time, the way we experience life, where we do our work, we're creative, there are jobs around to be done by people's you know, hands, like the horses and the carts used to have, it's all going to be gone. And what's left behind is a rich society with nothing to do. Hmm. And that's where things like addiction, uh, bad behavior, they have a chance to come out, mm. I think. So what I would like everybody to focus on 
is not so much, and that's why the, to me this is a very important message I'm, I, I wish more people would talk about. It's not about legislating AI. We need to legislate because it can be used obviously in an evil way. To, to, so, but that's normal to try and get rid of that. It's to figure out how does society look when there is just nothing for us to do hmm. and we have everything we need. Okay. What's the solution? Don't know. Okay. That's how, how, do everything, how do you think about the solution? So I've tried to I've tried to think of it for myself. Yeah. Now I would go out and and I'm fortunate. I, I find all sorts of things interesting. But I look at other folks who've retired early or they've done something. Um yeah. that's just not pretty. My grandfather, he sold his business, he was a baker, worked very hard. I think in his early 50s, he sold his business. Mm -hmm. And he had enough money, everything was cool. But he was early 50s, younger than I am now. And he started hanging out with his buddies. They used to meet at the bar. Before you know it, he became an alcoholic. Mm. Just having fun with his buddies, drinking at the local bar. That's where they hung out. Yeah. And uh, life was good. And... He died from cirrhosis of the liver, you know, quite, I don't think he even turned 60. So mm. he just slippery slope because suddenly he was idle. Yeah. Wasn't much to do. So, I'm, and maybe you can talk to this, a society where a pharmacist who studied for 13 years, um, suddenly the pharmacies, you know, the big chains are going for potentially a fully automated dispensary. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doctors are no longer needing to remember the name of drugs and things. It's far safer for patients that the doctor just does a good job of inputting his findings during a consult. Mm -hmm. The x-ray is automatically analyzed by a machine. Mm -hmm. um, blood test results, everything done by a machine. It takes all the data, looks at a good solution looks at what the doctor recommends, sums it all up, and gives the doctor a recommendation. Now, he may still have to rubber stamp it, so there's still work for doctors, okay. maybe. Just oversight, maybe even not even necessary. Remember, 20 years' time. And then, you know, your medication arrives from a warehouse, a huge dispensary warehouse, one in every city. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, pharmacists, 80% of all pharmacists are now redundant. So you say, well, don't worry, they'll retrain. Maybe they'll become optometrists. Well, why not the same with optometrists? You go into a Walgreens, you look in the, you know, in the viewer, and it checks you out. Right. the The benefit of the benefit of the way that the will will actually end up facing these problems is all the changes will be incremental. Um, they'll and maybe very fast incrementally. Very, very fast. Um, but that's what AI is doing. So my fear of AI has mm -hmm. been it's getting into the thinking world. The classic white collar jobs. Mm -hmm. You know, machines took over the blue collar jobs, the manual labor, mm -hmm. harvesting massive tracts of land, all gets done with big machines that drive themselves around now. Mm -hmm. There's very little people now on a farm. Um, they still pick of of course, but the but the speed. And the removal now of jobs where people had to do service, mm -hmm. which is what you mentioned, or think, do your accounting, buy your stocks, um, do your banking. Those can all be done by, I think, 
or 20 years and maybe in 10 years' time by 20% of the people. What happens to those other 80%? It's a good That's question. what scares me. Yeah. And there's been no scary development of anything. It's just intelligent AI, machines that go out there, just like with chess. You don't have to teach them how to play chess. They'll go out there and they'll just interview a bunch of people because they got access to 10 billion TikTok chats. Yeah. They just kind of get to know what makes people laugh, what makes people smile, what makes people mad. What, because all we have to do is to feed enough data and the machines can figure out for themselves yeah. what makes people happy. And then the guy who's trying to sell his product goes, I want the algorithm that makes people happy, not shoots them or does any of those evil things. <laughs> and before you know it, you're just drawn to it. And now you're drawn to it, but you're being drawn to something that was created not by people. It's done wonderfully well by AI. Yeah. People aren't needed anymore. We will consume it. Yes. But again, we will be entitled consumers. And entitlement leads to, I think, a destruction of society. Okay. So now we're getting to it. So <laughs> entitlement, what, what, paint, the, paint the picture for me. Okay. Back to that cell phone signal. I don't have right? cell phone reception. Right. Yeah. So you got your cell phone. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't have reception. There is very little gratitude in that moment. Yeah. There is anger. Mm -hmm. There is a sense of I've got to get somebody's got to pay for this. Right. Because I am being inconvenienced here. And yeah. if something happens. So that whole emotional structure um, comes from a sense of entitlement. Mm -hmm. not from gratitude. And our happiness, when we feel that everything that we have, we should have, we should have AC, I should have a comfortable bed, I should have healthy food, I, everything, I'm entitled to it, right? Because it's a human right. In fact, I don't even like the way people talk about me and things. I should always be a winner because <laughs> I've read that, you know, my self-esteem and so suddenly everything is a right. Okay. And the machines can kind of agree with you because why not? Let's see if we can figure this out for you. And they'll do it really well. Mm -hmm. And every time you interject a person, there's going to be oops. Imperfections. And so we're going to get mad at those people. So we want less of that and more of the machines. Hmm. While we feel entitlement, we feel no joy. And when you don't feel joy, happiness, all those things, I believe as people, um, our, our society is destroyed as we know it. Now we have a bunch of people that could potentially be um, on drugs, idle, entitled, angry, um, and society will turn on itself. Hmm. That's what I think. And uh, we're not talking about a matrix here. We're just talking about machine, small little focused AI modules that just do an incredibly good job. Death by a thousand cuts. Hmm. And I don't, we can't get out of that. This is not a question of, well, we, back to where we were. You can't legis, legislate out something that is doing a good job that's positive for us, right? Improving the quality of drugs, the delivery of things. The latest drive is for energy efficiency. Well, machines are going to be very efficient. Very, very, very efficient. They're going to make stuff for a lot less energy. Capitalists are going to make it a lot cheaper. Mm -hmm. I mean, stuff has become really cheap. 
toys, everything is cheap. It's made by machines. That's true. Well, Shipped by machines, packaged by machines. I guess we're doomed. There's nothing we can do. We but in the meantime, doomed. where's my Starbucks? Exactly. <laughs> but but even even coffee machines these days, think about them. Yeah, yeah, true. True. Most of the work is done by a machine, preparing mm. everything, grinding it, everything. Soon they'll be fully automated, because why not? It's we like to see people, but we kind of get used to not seeing people. Lobbies, lobbies of companies. We're kind of used to it now. Leaving a message on a on a, on a on a on a voicemail, right? Right. Thirty years ago, people were once. Well, I'm not going to speak to a machine. That's ridiculous, right? People had this little bit of I don't talk to machines. Mm -hmm. That previous generation, right? Now that's all gone. Now we're absolutely fine with it. Yeah. And I think just to go back to what I believe and what I'm trying to suggest is. We're not going to legislate ourselves out of what I'm describing, which I think, I, I don't know how this doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. To me, it's the most, it's downriver. Okay. It'll just float there. It's already going in that direction extremely quickly. Um, is to that psychologists, governments need to start thinking about what does life look like when we have everything? Mm. Star Star Trek. It's not really about you know going to new planets and stuff like that. That's all cool. We don't have to think about that. It'll kind of naturally grow because there will be people that will drive that still. It's what happens to the huge number of people that have what they want and they just don't need more. They're just idle. They mm. just hang out. They get up in the morning. They sleep longer. They stay up late at night. They're on their let's call it the Xbox or whatever for now, but it'll be whatever. They're immersed in this artificial reality, um, taking a pill, you know, which just makes them feel good. Um, yeah, they just, there's nothing to motivate, you know? So I, one, one final thought on that, it, uh, a message, a message of hope perhaps for, our, for our viewers <laughs> this is that there, there may have been, a flavor of this same conversation around the industrial age. Um, and the conversation might've been had, you know, or as we moved from a hunter gatherer society to a more agrarian society, um, what happens when we don't have to hunt for food anymore? What happens when we don't have to, um, manually harvest our food anymore all of those things you know mm -hmm. we've become we have as a society to be fair we are more sedentary now than we were then absolutely um and that has certainly caused its share of problems so that's an argument that that argument would suggest that you're correct however we have found some kind of exotic ways to push back against that as well so the you know 100 billion dollar fitness industry is entirely built to fight that same problem and uh has it have we solved the problem of the you know the human sedentary you know our, our sedentary condition no no we haven't solved it but i think you know innovations as discreet as the peloton um have helped us make progress toward pushing ourselves in all the ways that are healthiest for us. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And and I think you're right. The so I would just say we are, the vast majority of people are going to be wealthy. You know, like the wealthy are, they have what they need. Mm -hmm. 
They can be idle all day if they choose. Right. Second, third generation wealthy people. Um, but you need to look at how that, if we multiply that societal group by three or four billion people, how does that look? That's what I think we've got to look at. Yeah, no question. So maybe we are at the gym all day. Maybe we are playing games all day. Right. Maybe we are meeting at restaurants all day. Mm hmm without any work. There are plenty of examples out there of people who live lives like that. Yeah, I just want to say that that's where we're going to be in 20 years, mm. that people are going to be redundant from producing, having to work. The classic definition of you need, so, you know, if somebody has to be involved in doing something well, when somebody gets involved, that's when it's not going to be done well. Mm. That's basic. We kind of already feel that a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah, in many in many respects, yes. Well, it's going to go crazy now, but right into the white collar world. Even in terms of producing music, everything, mm -hmm. it's just going to be redone really, really well by machines because they can analyze so many things. They can do it so quickly, so tirelessly. They don't get mad. They don't need a lot of money. Once the basic infrastructure is there, it just goes and goes and goes. So we're going to get what we want. The food is going to get more and more delicious. I'm afraid we're going to get fat. <laughs> Maybe not. We'll see. We'll see. So it's this is a terribly doom and gloom topic. I've just played with it mainly in my mind that the extrapolation in the next 20 years, if you take what look, the progress, what it's achieved, the desirability of those achievements, the goodness of those achievements, just the driver of of energy conservation, of health. Um, just those two alone will drive it to a point where it's we're going to applaud our, uh, our labor force. Mm. But they're also going to think for us. Yeah. And the thinking part is why I don't believe there's anywhere else for us to go next in, except into the world of idol. Huh. I don't like the way that looks based on you know, the minimal psych psychological stuff that I've looked at is that a huge group of idle people is not necessarily a society you want to create. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> any, any final thoughts? Yes, I think the, the specific study of, and even maybe some modeling of, you know, real-life situations of putting people into a situation of being idle for, three or four years with very little to do except games, things like that, should be studied hmm. very in parallel to see if people used to be an accountant or used to be a pharmacist and they can't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Will we just read? Will we just be entertained? Hmm. What, what does that society look like? And we should um, build that in parallel with AI. Yeah, I like that. Michael, thanks for the time today. Appreciate you uh, appreciate you coming to talk with us about these issues. This is serious stuff. It needs to be taken seriously. I appreciate you sharing your ideas. Thank you. Thank you.